Join over 400,000 people just like you and I who are taking control of their wellness journey with Biome. Get personalized and precise recommendations on how to optimize your health and help you function at peak performance. Based on your results from blood, stool, and now saliva, the Viome Full Body Intelligence Test tells you what foods you should eat and what foods you should avoid and why. They're also the only company in the world to offer custom pre-probiotics and precision supplements which are made to order and only include the ingredients in the precise dosages that your body needs and nothing that it doesn't. Shop now at Viome.com, V-I-O-M-E, dot com forward slash good currency and save fifty dollars on our full body intelligence test or bundle it with code currency 50. and so we had a member who lived on Gramahama island and he used our private whatsapp groups and social media groups to send pictures and he just said help mm. i need my nexus community and our members sent black hawk helicopters Ooh. to go pick people off of rooftops and bring them to higher ground on day one on day two our members sent private planes filled with aid workers who know exactly what to do and on day three our members sent an armada of 55 yachts full of the supplies medical supplies food water generators we saved that island our members did welcome back everybody to another episode of living good currency with tony and tobias we're excited to have you we appreciate all the all the support and the love and the comments it keeps us fueled and, and and excited to sit down with amazing thought leaders every single week and we have a very very special guest very. and it's one of those things we're, we're getting to know this incredible guest with you in real time we were introduced to her to her by an amazing um, brother of ours, Dominic Calms, who highly suggested we meet. And it's taken several months, but it's been such a worthwhile mm. because timing, again, is just so perfect and epic when you let go. Huh? That's right. So we are excited to introduce you to Rachel Gerald, who is the co-founder and CEO of Nexus, the leading global network of next-gen philanthropists and impact investors Get this, with 6,000 members from over 70 countries representing families with a combined net worth of over $650 billion. Yes, billion. Rachel has organized 40 Nexus summits across six continents, including an annual summit at the UN and regional summits at the White House and Number 10 Downing Street. Rachel led the Media for Social Impact Summit at the UN for five years and has been featured in some of the most prestigious publications in the world. Welcome to the show, Rachel. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. What a beautiful way to start my day. Awesome. And, and us too. You know, Rachel, I was saying, you know, there's a bunch of different sayings. Patience is a virtue. Absence makes a heart grow fonder. Timing is everything. And those are the first three things that popped out of thinking about this interview. Mm. And, and I'm saying that to the audience because those statements are true if you allow them to be. And so we're just excited to have you at this moment on this day. And we just thank you for your time. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. This is my distinct pleasure. You two are incredible. And I've been following the people you've been interviewing and just the spirit and energy you're putting into the universe. And we need more people like Tony and Tobias. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so kind. Thank you for that. All right. Before we get into some of the questions I'm burning, you know, burning just to, to ask you. Can you give us in our audience, give us a little history of Nexus and, you know, really kind of how it started? 
Sure, sure. So um, 2011, let's go back in our time machines to 2011. And 2011 was the International Year of Youth. And every year is the International Year of Something. For those listening, this year, 2022, is the International Year of Glass. So every year is the year of something. But 2011 was the International Year of Youth. And when it's the International Year of Something, any citizen can reach out to the United Nations and propose to host an event under that International Year of flag. But this isn't very well advertised. But in 2011, I happened to be working with people closely connected to the UN system, and I proposed to them that we should host an event for next-gen members of the world's leading families. And the idea was to get young people who are passionate and driven with unique access and influence to make change together to figure out how they could combine forces and truly be, you know, the, the full embodiment of the, what the UN could be and the Justice League for the world. And the UN said, great, here's the room. It's in six weeks. Good luck out there. Um, and then we got into the business of honestly cold calling the Forbes 500 list and saying, hey, your family is incredible through your philanthropy and your business endeavors. You can send one person from your family who's a young person to join us at the UN. And within six weeks, we had 75 people. Wow. They united to figure out how could they combine forces on climate change and human trafficking and racial justice and so many issues. And at the end of the day, I was feeling quite proud of this pet project with my co-founder. And a line of people came, and we thought they were coming to say thank you for inviting us. But no, they said, this is great, but there aren't enough people from Africa or Australia or Asia. Mm. Said, well, uh the event's ending. It's a little late. And they said, we've got to do this again. So I turned back to everyone and I said, this is the best we could do. If you know people who want to change the world, who are uniquely positioned to do so from your home communities, you find the people, I'll get a bigger room. So I went back to the UN, got a bigger room, and 350 people joined that July of 2011 and a movement was born. Uh, we didn't intend to start a movement, but I believe of being in service of the moment that finds you. Mm. And that moment found me and said, there are young people all over the world who wanna combine efforts to heal our planet and heal humanity. And all I'd have to do was some room reservations. Mm. So I got in and um, since then the network has grown, heads of state from all over the world, if this can even believe it, um, call and say, why hasn't Nexus come to you know our country? Wow. So we've been hosted by presidents and prime ministers and young people are putting their hope and promise of what they want for the future center stage and getting their money and their income and their assets and their connections behind it to supercharge the change they want. So we've done amazing things ever since, but that's a very humble beginning. <laughs> wow. Wow. What a, what a, what a great story about, and we started this conversation all about timing. I mean, the timing of you not only having the awareness to even know that there's a the year of something, and then to be able to have the initiative to bring it up, uh, what's on your mind with your co-founder, and then to watch it snowball into something so powerful. As a pet project. As a pet project. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. It's amazing. It's amazing. And so is this... Going into the it moved from a pet project to the project. Is that is that the, your number? Is this your focus, day to day, in and out? Yes, yes, day, night, morning, yeah. all the time. Right. Um, actually, tomorrow we start our summit in Latin America, and wow. and in October we're in Tunisia, in November we're in Australia. So um, it is it is a passion of um, mine that is just 
taken over my world and my life in the best of ways and continues to bring um, endless gifts and blessings my way. But yes, it was first a passion project. We didn't have staff and salary, you know, or any of that for, for years, actually. And the summits were free in the beginning. Mm. And eventually the members came to us and said, you call us members, but you don't charge us. Wow. And we don't think that uh, you can grow at this rate. So they encouraged us actually to start charging as a nonprofit. Um, so we really just are here to serve. And with that spirit, we've been able to grow and scale. And our members feel like Nexus is theirs. Mm. Our hashtag is we are Nexus. Mm. Um, so it's been really beautiful. Incredible. Congratulations. I love these stories. What do you mean by next gen? Like, can we, a uh, next generation philanthropist, can we go into that definition? Yeah. So uh, next gen is generally... Um, recognized as a multi-generational family. So mm. you're the youngest generation in your mm. family, or maybe not the youngest, but the one that's the youngest who can actually do philanthropy and investments. Um, so originally that would generally be people in their 20s and 30s. And 11 years ago when we started, that's who we were. We fully expected people would come to Nexus, learn about how to maximize their impact through their investments in philanthropy, and then dive deep into their local communities and start doing that. We thought they'd make a pit stop at Nexus, but it wouldn't be their home. Well, they proved me wrong, and our members have wanted to stay involved mostly ever since. So now those 20s and 30s are actually in their 30s and 40s, and we don't want to kick them out. In the beginning, we were called the Nexus Youth Summit. We dropped that after I turned 40. Mm. Uh, and so now next gen, we say if you're young at heart mm. or young in your family. And we also now have some self-made you know, philanthropists who are people who have sold their companies, they've had exits. Um, so it's not just next gen in that traditional inheritor sense. Mm. It's also people who are forging a new path for themselves and ready to give back. That's amazing. I love the transition from next gen, right? Yeah. Like, you know, allowing yourselves to the, the room to grow into that definition to fit ultimately just more encompassing. You know, it's awesome. I didn't know. I, I, I read different parts about it, but now I understand. And it and even so, you've you've redefined it. So uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, I'm glad. I, I I'm just gonna keep going. I know that Tobias and I are excited about um, the social yes, impact. Yes, yes. Um, now you, social impact is a word. You you know two words that you hear a lot. I, I don't want to say thrown around, but people have a different definition of what social impact. But with you, it's it's um, you know it's it's it seems like it's a it's a big deal. It's a big word. Um, how do you define it? And then maybe if we can go into how every you know anybody can have a social impact. That's a great question. So you know everything we do has an impact, mm -hmm. and we know that, but we don't often think about you know, did I brush my teeth this morning? Where did I go to dinner last night? Do I have an electric car? Um, everything has impact. And so I think just recognizing that and standing in our power, saying I'm going to use my life and my choices to leave the world better than I found it, mm. is the very basis of how I live and our members have taught me that. So I think you can make social impact through every decision you make. So your purchasing power, do you buy you know, fast fashion that may be made by um, child slaves? Or are you buying you know, sustainable fashion? Are you staying in eco-friendly hotels and resorts? Are you, you know, every single thing, are you buying sustainable beef? Are you, there's so many choices we make. And I'm not saying you have to make, um, you know, 1,000 choices a day that are directing towards social impact, but planting the seed in your consciousness that you wanna be here on earth as a vehicle of social change for the better. 
um, really starts to, in the most beautiful of ways, infect your decision making. And you start to be mindful in a way you wouldn't have been before. So where most people think of social impact as big philanthropic gifts and massive moves from your investments into impact investing, um, I really think about it as a lifestyle Mm -hmm. and a mantra. And if you know that you're here to be a vehicle of social change, then of course your investments are going to be aligned with that. And of of course, you know, you're going to be giving some money to charity, but you're also going to be giving your time and your energy. I think our biggest asset is our energy. Every single person we encounter, whether it's, you know, the drive-through guy at McDonald's or whether it's a judge or a police officer or anyone, we're transferring energy with them. And I think that brightening someone's day is one of my favorite things to do. It doesn't mean that I don't also tell people, go back and talk to your family about your hiring practices and <laughs> want to make sure that you know mm-hmm. people of all races and genders are paid equally for the same work. Mm-hmm. But, but it starts with really believing that you want to be a vehicle for social change and living that. Like you say, that you want to be the living good currency. That's mm-hmm. right. I mean. Brother, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here listening uh, and, and, and marveling. Uh, in my experience, I, I've studied spiritual movements, social movements, and at the core of all of them is the youth, and the youth. If you look at our journal, uh, I opened our journal, uh, the Good Currency Journal, and it's a story about Plato, about the perpetual youth, and how there was some form of great media uh, structure, corporate structure, generational, transgenerational, that lured uh, the youthful vitality into positions of slavery or imprisonment that blinded them into a pedagogue or one of these youth was rose up by Athena, uh, the goddess of wisdom, who vowed to never harm due to the hurting of her uh, her friend, Pallas. And in there, when you're speaking like, yes, it has evolved from being youth in age to youth in spirit in every generation that we bring more chronological in age, but those of us who are aging are still remaining youthful and creative and, and, and vibrant and innovative and, and challenging. And, you know, this right here is, is very encouraging uh, for myself and the position which I stand in because often the community where I come from, uh, you know, whether it's in Los Angeles, South Central Los Angeles, or the depths of South Carolina, we often feel like we're not connected to the greater world. We're not connected to the youth if they only knew us, the youth of the most prominent families in America and the world. So from this simple conversation between us and you, and Tony alluded to it, we fought to be here. A lot has happened in our personal lives. A lot has happened in our professional lives for us to be here today. And I see why these moments are very poignant for us because this is the bridge and this is the magic. And you said whether it's changing practices of how you hire and how you pay and how you view the earth and the world or just bringing that energy uh, to each other, which we do feel is good currency. So uh, just immediately just uh, thank you. And uh, there's a lot of power in that name, Rachel, you know, so uh, I'm not surprised, Tony. I'm not surprised. (laughs) You know, Rachel, the, um, Social impact definition you gave, you know, for people listening, there's now science. You know, they, they've often said, you know, when you get up, make your bed, you know, brush your teeth. These are routines. And you think, you know, do I really need to make my bed? I mean, I'm, I'm the only one going to see it maybe. Let's mm-hmm. say if you're single or, you know. If you, uh, 
but there is science behind feeling, you know, being of service to even yourself and obviously then others. Your your cortisol levels go down. There's all kinds of science so that it it impacts you greatly so that if you can not focus on how much impact you're making if you can't see it, therefore you feel like, well, I don't really need to do it. Or if Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and or Rachel's Nexus Group has $650 billion, what's my $10 a month going to do? But it is not so much about the number, even though I'm impressed with the $650 billion that you've galvanized, you know, organized, but it is the impact that you can make for yourself. I think that's what we try to focus on with living good currency, which is if you just do good for yourself and others daily, The which is what you set out to do of this you know, quite powerful engine you've created, but it came with a very simple notion. Hey, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's this moment I can go to the UN and just simply ask, you know, mm. and you having the initiative, um, even if that's all it was, even if no one came up to you, even if there was no line afterwards and it just ended that impact, who knows what that would have done in the future of your life. But you didn't set out to create what is now created this nexus global huge phenomenon. So we just thank you and anybody listening. This is the moment. It's just starting with these 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 minor uh, or small steps, as they say. You know, you can walk ten thousand miles, and you know, it takes one step at a time, or whatever the phrase is. So we just thank you, and just a reminder that sometimes you know you you know you we look at where you're at today, and I can't imagine where it's going to be ten years from now, but really. It all started with a single uh, uh, service. Tony is another thing that is said. You said something that is very uh, powerful in a top-down world. Sadly, our structure, corporate structures, are normally uh, males, European males, of so the age of 50, 60, 70, and it's top-down. And so now whenever you hear such a powerful leader as yourself say, I learn from my members, and my members are global, so this kind of like cuts into that savior syndrome. I'm Rachel and I'm going to come serve your problems and I'm going to throw money. No, I'm going to learn from my members because wherever my members at around the world, they know their needs. And so according to their needs and their voices. So that really speaks to leadership and what, you know, we are nexus is about that. We listen, we listen and they say you can't teach old dog new tricks, but that's where it goes back to that youthful vitality, that we're youthful in our childlike nature as the holy books speak, that we can sit amongst the people and listen, see how according to our gifts, talents, and skills that, that we can bring that nexus, that connection, those resources, or whatever it is, uh, highlighting that. So um, I, I'm like just amazed and humbled uh, to be here because this podcast it allows myself and Tony, that's a nexus. We are a nexus. You know, we're two men from uniquely situations. You know, I was considered an ex-con. He's an attorney. Attorneys, you know, ain't get along. <laughs> you feel me? Like his skin a little lighter than mine. It's every reason in the world to be divided, but we were courageous enough with a team to say, brother, I'm going to go into my Rolodex. These people are going to become your family and friends, and we're going to bring these two worlds uh, together, so you uh, being here today in representation of yourself, your family, uh, and Nexus is is not a small feat, oh. and, and and it's historical. 
You know, this is uh, you said the 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 year of the glass of glass. This is the year of transparency. No, <laughs> yes, and that's things. what he'll do, Rachel. He'll, t- he'll take it to another way of thinking. <laughs> no, she's selling. This is the year of glass. So we celebrate uh, you in this connection. Yes. And our brother Dominique, who said, "Listen, if you're gonna get anybody on a moving, shaking, national, <laughs> international, and global, it's my sister Rachel." And uh, this right here, uh, from all of those, you know, we are, but in the space and where I represent and speak from, uh, we're thankful and happy not only for this podcast, but what we can do in the future. Yeah. <clears throat> I love that. I mean, I I tell each Nexus member around the world that they're here to be a bridge builder and they need to build that bridge between their community and their lived experience where they are and the people at the UN, the people in the White House, the people at number 10 Downing Street, because I truly believe every person on earth and every leadership position or non-leader position wants to be understood and wants to be seen and wants to be a part of creating a future they're excited about. So I don't blame people in leadership of government if they don't understand the lived experience of people in in every single walk of life. But I do think it's our responsibility to try to help build bridges of understanding. So that's what we try to do with Nexus. So even though we have, um, you know, most of our members come from significant families, we also have spots in our membership every year for um, indigenous and Native Americans, for formerly incarcerated people, and for refugees to come into the community. But we don't put them like with a special badge and say, you're our formerly incarcerated spot number three. They just come to a summit. At our summits, we don't put affiliations on your name tags, just your name. Because awesome. I don't frankly care where anyone works. I care who they are and what's their spirit and what they bring right. um, to the community. So there just happen to be formerly incarcerated people, refugees, and Native Americans at our summits, and everyone just sees them as equals, not, yes. um, oh, you're one of those special people, a mm, fellow. Mm, 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 Everyone's just equals, and if you're in that room, you are so special mm, yes. that you should want to meet everyone because we all bring a different currency. Oh. And that's why I feel that um, <laughs> we're very aligned in our thinking. Just uh, 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 now, I was seeking to open my phone on the show, Tony, before I came today, I spent an hour at the beach. Uh, I started writing my book. I ain't even told nobody I'm writing this book. But the point is, the book is called The Bridge. It's called Aserat, which is the bridge. I was going to show Tony. I said, Tony, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> and I'm telling people, I'm an expert in my experience. You know, for years in my journey, uh, you know, prison officials, government officials, the data, the data is not out yet, Tobias. The data is not They told me that for like 20 years. Now the data, the data is out. You know, <laughs> so the point is, my experiences mean something, and I'm an expert in my experience. Thirty years and all the thousands of people I said and talked to when it came to this harm. Why do we harm ourselves? Why do we harm each other? Why do we harm the earth and our communities? Why don't we value ourselves? Why don't we value each other? Why don't we value the community? In that, when you just said it, those are the bridge. So now I become ambassador. For the millions of people who found themselves in incarcerated space, who found themselves in mental health uh, hospitals or, or whatever the case might be. And when you said that just now, I was trying to get my phone unlocked, but I didn't want to make a show about it. I'm telling you, like, what are you doing with this phone on? I was trying to show Tony the name of the book is The Bridge. Wow, that's awesome. The name of the book is The Bridge, and it's solely based on my experiences in life coming from South Carolina and there into Los Angeles and then 30 years in the prison system and how the pain of me and the pain of that guard was no different. The trauma that he or she experienced in the war and this led them to a job at the prison 
but their tears are no different. Their, their happiness is no different. And so then when we can make those kind of nexus or connections with the people who we feel or have been made our opposition, then we can tap into something greater than our own humanity, maybe our own spiritual spirituality. I tell people all the times we are spiritual people having an earthly experience, and this earthly experience is very short, but what impact are you leaving? And so on a prison space, if I can leave such a beautiful impact on America's prisons, so what can I do if I am out here and given the same kind of opportunity and resources and networks and people then we can, as you are already doing, uh, spreading this kind of message and love and demonstration uh, around the world. So when you said a bridge and we were bridges, I'm like, oh, my God, because <laughs> if you look at the, you know, our journal, uh, Plato said that that youth was negotiating with the Caesar or the governor or the president then he or she was able to, through Athena, wisdom, which is really experience, taking the ancestral knowledge, our spiritual knowledges that we get from all our holy books and scrolls, and freeing other youth. That's the youth of the nation that you're speaking of in my evaluation. And so I look for confirmations and things. Me and Tony were saying today we went to uh, a, a, a book reading uh, last night, and uh, the dear sister was speaking about her new book, uh, The Happier Hour. And she was speaking of something that we believe on, having every minute of your life, every second enriched. We shouldn't cry for more time because you don't get more time. But what we can do and what we believe here at Good Currency is making sure that every second counts that I am putting all the love I'm putting all the faith I'm putting all the joy even if I'm telling you your your company has corrupt ways and in in, in 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 things in which we don't appreciate in today's time and we're going to put your family's feet to the fire and the youth amongst you are going to lead the way yes but I'm gonna do that in love you know I'm gonna do that with a smile on my face I don't have to come from a position of animosity and hatred so you have provoked that in me to share what my book is about that when I spoke to the governor for my freedom I made him laugh and I come from black revolutionary struggle I could have been pointing finger about that shit no uh, my speech for 15 minutes uh, speaking on why I deserve a second chance to show my humanity to society was done through humor because if you can touch people's hearts, then you can move their bodies. And so thank you for inspiring me just to even offer that, which I had no plans on doing today, Tony. Yeah, you, you definitely are going on one, which is, uh, Rachel's, is, it's amazing. The I'm just looking at, you know, the audience may not be able to experience this, but I could just see that we call this often a conversation versus an interview. Um, and, and so it just feels like it's flowing right now, Rachel. You got a lot out of them. Discover how your gut biome, oral microbiome, and cellular health impact how you feel, how you age, and your overall health with full body intelligence, the most advanced at-home health test available. Simply collect your blood, stool, and saliva samples. Send them to BioLab, and within two to three weeks, receive your science-backed personalized health scores and food and supplication requirements. Use code CURRENCY50 to get $50 off of your full body intelligent test or bundle. Shop now at Viome.com slash good currency. Can we go back into this discussion of bridging and nexus? 
you've been doing it for years now. Can you share with us off the top of your mind or your heart mm. some of the great um, experiences that you've seen, the changes you've seen, uh, the people that you've connected, just some, and you know, it's just some stories to share with us that, that really impacted you. Sure. Um, oh, there's nothing I love to do more than talk about our members and the good they're doing. So thank you for that question. Mm. Honestly. Um, what I find inspires me most personally is when our members go find people that will be left behind by traditional nonprofits or traditional governments, traditional philanthropy, and give them a chance at life. Um, and so I don't know if all of our members would agree, but in my estimation, that's where Nexus fills a real gap. Mm. So for example, in um, September 2019, Hurricane Dorian hit Grand Bahama Island. It also hit, you know, the more major Bahama Islands where there's resorts and travel and tourism. But Grand Bahama was really a, a secondary island that doesn't have many resorts on it or anything like that. And in fact, it has lots of um, refugees from Haiti from the earthquakes mm. who are undocumented. And so their government had to make some really tough decisions about where to deploy resources because they didn't have enough resources to save all the islands. Grand Bahama was trapped under 20 feet of standing water, which means that everything with an engine, a plane, a boat, a car, a bus was done. Mm. It was never going to work again. And they were just people on their rooftops, 20 feet of standing water on their rooftops, waiting for this water to go down or waiting for the water to wash them away. And the prime minister said, no photos, no press. Mm. And I, I deeply understand that position because if there had been photos and press of 20 feet of standing water where people go book their Christmas vacations and everyone canceled them, they, they make mm. like 90% of their income from holiday travel. That would have really sunk the country forevermore. So they, they didn't want photos and press, which meant that international aid was delayed in getting there. And so we had a member who lived on Grand Bahama Island. His family had um, owned most of the island for a very long time, many generations. And he used our private WhatsApp groups and social media groups to send pictures and said, please never send these out. But when we saw those photos of grandmas sitting on their rooftops, mm. wondering if they'd be washed away, of, of there being no place to, to bring a plane or a boat, and he just said, help. Mm. No one knows. Mm. I need my Nexus community. And our members sent Blackhawk helicopters Ooh. to go pick people off of rooftops and bring them to higher ground on day one. On day two, our members sent private planes to one little uh, driveway that you could land a small plane in, filled with aid workers who know exactly what to do. And on day three, our members who owned cruise ships who were meant to go to Bahamas said, you can have everything off our cruise ship if you can find a way to get it to that island. So we sent an armada of 55 yachts full of the supplies, medical supplies, food, water generators from that cruise ship, just going back and forth to one boat slip. One tiny boat slip and yachts don't wait in lines. <laughs> but we, we saved that island. Our members did. And no one will ever know because that wasn't the purpose. Our members keep going back and volunteering. They'll, they'll make food on Thanksgiving and by the masses. And this was a place that no one could have put their finger on and found on a map before one of our members said help. And everyone raised their hand to do so. Wow, I'm getting chills as you always often say. Wow, that's an emotional, Ooh, man, you are, you know, Rachel, I've had a lot of, um, I've been honored by, I, I say God, but I've been honored by God to meet some incredible people in my life, um, 
anybody listening to the podcast knows that the Ali family was you know, really dear to me, Muhammad Ali, God rest his soul. And, and I consider Tobias and, you know, uh, a legend. Um, mm. I'm really emotionally moved by you and your story. Um, and I can see the emotion that you get just by sharing that story. You really From are heart brother. You really are blessed and you are a, a woman of absolute, um, power and influence to do good. And, just thank you for sharing that. That's, you know, they say if you save one life, it's like you saved humanity. You know, just think about that. I mean, anybody listening, this is, you know, we may not have that ability to have a WhatsApp group with that type of power um, to save an island, but your next door neighbor, when the power goes out or, or, you know, if you just pay attention, you know, they may need you and you can save someone and you can have the same emotional impact that Rachel's having right now. And that, Thanks for sharing that. That's that is no small nexus mm -hmm. to be able to. Ha I mean, mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. other? I mean, ha uh, that type of power. That's like the you know, the, on a WhatsApp. I mean, Rachel. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I was just gonna say, I believe that you know, change happens at the speed of trust, oh. and so if I can build trusting relationships for our members with each other, that's like a transferable trust. So they might not have met each other, but they know if they're in that WhatsApp group, they're there to bring their whole heart and their whole ability to make change. Then I think that trust will lead to huge change happening. And that's what happens in our WhatsApps all the time now wow. is people say, my trusted Nexus family, I need you to know this. Who can help in any way? And the, the crazy part is you don't need to help. You don't need to have five Blackhawk helicopters. <laughs> it's like you said, you might have one person's phone number who could come by and drop off a meal. That's right. You might be a great, you know, person who's great at fixing electrical or plumbing, like whatever your skill set is at all, someone needs that. And it will really be meaningful to that. Mm. Well, Rachel, uh, you know, Dr. Ross said we was on this two podcasts ago. He said, we're in the doctor's orders. In the doctor's orders, it says, fall in your heart and look at the good that you all possess, for you have started a movement. He was talking about good currency, Tony and Tobias. And each of these podcasts helped me to understand the power of the movement, because I've already claimed it. We are Nexus. <laughs> you know, we are Nexus, the hashtag. And so just to think, uh, you know, the, the human emotion of being stranded, of being abandoned, of feeling like the whole world is is upon you and those who are in trust or power being embarrassed or not needing to show the world what is taking place. And someone there said, we're going to show and illustrate only for the reasons of helping. We're not going to broadcast this first, so we're going to be sensitive to the needs of the government at the time. But what we're going to do is act. And we're going to do under, under the stealth and we're going to move. You're talking about helicopters. You're talking about ocean liners. Man, you're talking. Well, <laughs> but just think what she said. It, 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 it's it, where it does show leadership. And clearly, it's not just taglines, but you live it. Because if you didn't create a trust community in your WhatsApp group, no one would have the, the ability to say, hey, guy, don't share this information. Mm-hmm. With this massive WhatsApp group that the person who said that probably doesn't know the vast majority of them. Uh, but there's that trust that you had built into the ethos. And that is an incredible leadership skill that people have, have taken that upon themselves to have that trust factor. So congratulations. Change, Change happens, happens at the speed of trust. Yes. 
Change yes. yeah. happens at the speed of trust. Wow. Yeah, it's beautiful. I watch members now repeat this. You know, during the pandemic, people showed up and sent each other's community centers PPE when they had extra. They just threw it in an Uber and delivered it to people they didn't know. We took care of, I think, 98 nursing homes and outfitted them completely because people gave up on the older generation and they're our wisdom keepers. Mm. Um, when Afghanistan fell to the Taliban and they said the airports were closed, I can tell you that our members got people out. They got people out who were girls, who mm. were women, Supreme Court justices and their families, one by one, mm. um, and got them to safe harbor. That's and incredible. then when you look, you know, even more recently in Ukraine, we were going in and helping load buses and cars and vans and even a motorcycle for the families that were left behind. So we went to find the elderly moms who had newborn babies, people who were handicapped, who couldn't get on, you know, the, the UNICEF bus at this time on this day on the street corner. And we just went in and find those people because everybody's worthy of saving. And and we didn't know how we were going to do it, but we knew that if we offered each other the benefit of the doubt that we all wanted to help, we would throw our hands up and we'd find a way. And that's what I remember oh. showing me every day. Rachel, uh, you know, I, I have a question because uh, Tony just said it that we seek to dedicate every day to doing good for ourselves and others. And I'm talking about, you know, personally, spiritually, and professionally. Um, I've uh, researched you a little bit. Tony does way more research than me. Uh, but I noticed you come from a deep spiritual place. So how much of that would you like to share? But how does that drive you professionally and personally? Because uh, I, you know, I understand to a limited degree what I'm reading uh, and what you're about. And uh, so, uh, you know, my favorite person in the Bible was Joseph. His mama was Rachel. So uh, how does your spiritual connection or aptitude drive your personal and professional life? I will ask you. I'll say it like that. Well, it's, it's really interesting. I'm, I'm grateful you asked. So when we talk about being bridge builders, I actually come from a family of seven generations of United Church of Christ ministers and missionaries. So my grandparents are both ministers. My grandmother is one of the first United Church of Christ ministers who's a female. My aunt is an amazing minister. Um, and I was raised very much in the church and singing the church choir. And when I was um, in college, I was studying international relations, but I didn't have a passport and I never left the country. Mm. And um, I heard there was this free trip if you had one Jewish grandparent. And my dad actually had been raised Jewish and did have a Jewish parent. So I applied for the free trip and I went to Israel and, um, mm. and I really was just going to get some street cred for the international relations <laughs> degree. I didn't have real interest in going to Israel at the time at all. I would love to have gone to Paris mm. or even like Bali, but, um, my first stamp on my passport was Israel. And, um, and when I got there, I realized that it wasn't actually a free trip in college, everything that's free you sign up for. Right. Um, but actually there were these visionary philanthropists who thought that there were so many people who had um, like a Jewish spirit and a Jewish soul who were being disconnected from that people um, for a million different reasons. And mm. these philanthropists, they decided to donate money to bring those of us who had some Jewish relative to Israel to see a piece of our heritage you may not otherwise have gone looking for. And it was a rich and beautiful trip. And I learned all about many, many generations of people with, with my same last name or mm. um, heritage. And, and I became that bridge between the deeply Christian family that I grew up in and this new connection to my Jewish roots that I was learning about. 
And I saw so much synergy between these religions. Um, they, they have the same exact values. Um, when Jesus said a prayer, he said it in Hebrew. Yes. So there's something so connected. But then I also saw that Jerusalem, you know, with mm. Christians and Jews. And, and I experienced that walking on this cold stones in the old city. Mm. And I learned that I wanted to be a bridge between religions and traditions because honestly more blood has been shed in the name of God yeah, than anyone yes, else. Yes, but it yes, should be this yes. great uniting force. Yes, yes. Great question. I'm glad you asked her. You know, that's that's that is the bridge, you know. I we you know, I did international studies as well in college and then I was like, what do I do with this? Um, but you did something. You're clearly living it now. I, I get, I'm, it's catching up to me now. Um, but yeah, I, I think that also that degree or that experience and these type of things. I actually ended up uh, studying in Paris. I didn't get to go, to, <laughs> but um, it is. It's so much blood and so much um, it, because it. It you know, with the Good News Network, which we're you know we're the proud you know association with this podcast and good news network there's so much more good than there is good news and there is bad news but and they think oh well scientifically people want to stop and look at the car accident which is true there's some sort of there is that part of our body but 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 it's been actually scientifically proven if you start if you read or listen to two to three minutes of good news a day you can now lower your cortisol levels which reduces inflammation so we're on this mission to really spread this word and that goes to what you're saying which is Yes, if you want to focus on the minutia detail of how different these, if you just look at the mon- the three big religions, right, uh, Christianity, uh, Judaism, and Islam, you get this, uh, I mean, visceral reactions from people. And it's, you know, it's like this. But if you focus on the abundance of love and similarities and good without even um, diluting any of the richness of any of it, uh, you find there's peace and, and, and more common and when you go on the streets, you, you, you notice that people want that. They, they do want the, the hugs and the commonality. So thanks for asking that question. No, and it clearly it fuels you. Um, do you, with, with Nexus, and as, as big as it is, have you seen, now, now you gave us a great example of how members rally in this one incredible example in the Bahamas. Have you seen these, this next gen or the, the family offices, have you seen a shift in where, the money's being spent since you've started Nexus. I mean, have you seen the impact? I'm just curious because, you know, we, we read, you know, since the pandemic when everyone else is, you know, hurting, the billionaires got richer and richer and some of us are going down here and inflation and all this stuff. But can you share some good news, some good stats with the, with Mm, our audience so that we can get excited about where some of this incredible money that is in certain small amount percentage of hands is being spent. Can you give us some good news? Yes, definitely. So I I completely agree that um, that the news can be you know broadcast news can be really scary, but but I love being the person that's here to say that the future is bright hey. if we entrust in the hands of the youth, Come on. because they don't see borders the way we do. That's right. They grew up in this very digital world where they feel just as close to a person in Cambodia going through a crisis as they do someone in their, you know, neighborhood. And this borderless world is helping us to break down bias, to break down this idea of us and them, and instead feel like we're one as a generation. The planet is ours. We all have a role to play. It's so inspired the way that young people today are able to just find common humanity in a way that didn't exist before when we looked after our own backyards, uh, which isn't to say that was bad, but it no longer works. If that model worked, we wouldn't be needing more mm, philanthropy today. Right. So what, 
what I say is, you know, every night I watch the news and then I fall asleep reading applications of members um, who want to be part of Nexus. And it's a 45 minute application and they have to tell us everything they're doing to change their world and their community and how they're leveraging their assets and their influence to do so. And I fall asleep inspired because these are the future superheroes of the world. And if I get to bring them together, our world's going to be in a much better place. So I see good news all the time and bright rays of hope everywhere. I also see that the same people who applied and self-identified as philanthropists 10 years ago, they have to reapply every year for Nexus. That's right. Because you can't just say you're doing good. You have to show how you speak, are and how you're speak, collaborating speak, with each speak, other. Speak, speak. Mm-hmm. So those people now identify as impact investors as well. Mm-hmm. So in, as where our grandparents' generations might have thought, here's my philanthropy bucket to do good and here's my investing bucket to make money, mm-hmm. they're so integrated now for the next generation that they're putting way more of their assets toward impact overall. And it's not just the you know quick fix charity impact. It's strategic long-term thinking. How do they leverage as much of their assets as possible? And that really makes me smile. Oh, Rachel, when you said that the generation, the young people, youth, are growing in and you said the empathy, you're actually speaking on empathy and these are matters of the heart and then a specific part of the human brain. And you said due to social media, these cellular devices, which I was kept from for 30 years, that there is a human connection that is going on around the world. And so you are able every night to read mm. a 45 minute, mm. 45 minutes of a person declaring, I want to join the movement. This is the good, the good that not only I'm dedicating to, I'm about to dedicate my family's wealth, which is wealth of companies and organizations and all this. You said that is the good news. Mm. That is the good news. And I want to just uh, say when Tony was saying that the reason why we are so infatuated with horror stories and, you know, this it's all conditioning. And this is why we opened up our journal the way we opened up the journal. This is conditioning. We have con- conditioning our immune system, our DNA, our neurological processes for stress and, and harm and division and the monster and us against them. And so this is why it's so important, not only for this podcast, but GNN and these kind of relationships and networks to be created Mm -hmm. so we can highlight Mm -hmm. the good. Another thing that came to play, you did use your degree because you took me to Paris, brother. Yes, I did. (laughs) He did. I will say this very quickly. I haven't been out of the United States uh, due to my condition. Received the passport. Me and uh, Tony and our team or we believe we was going to travel uh, to to Paris, to France, uh, for a TV show, we thought. And what we found was each other, uh, me and Tony. Uh, you know, we were struck with, you know, it's going to be on the TV, but I don't want to put too much into it. But we were struck with some real hard uh, personal challenges on that journey. And uh, what we found was the importance of our relationship, the importance of family, how we was able to connect deeply with the people who didn't even know how to speak to me. Are you a football player? Are you a boxer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all that. You know, just loving on the people, the cab drivers. I'm talking about just everything. And I said, bro, this is what our relationship is about. Mm-hmm. But if Tony didn't invite me and I wasn't a part of a brother sisterhood and an organization that would give me first class, I'm used to getting on the back. That's what I normally could afford when I was a child. But I'm going first class, flying 10 hours 
waking up like it was just five minutes, going through customs, feeling that I'm not going to be attacked or, or stopped, and then getting to another part of the world, getting inside of the Mediterranean Sea and knowing that it's connected to Africa and Europe and Africa is connected by water. And here I am with my brothers, my family, my company. And so when you said uh, about you going to Israel, and yes, I might have wanted my first one to be to Africa, but someone saying it was best for me to go to France and to experience all the beauty, not only of France, but myself and my brother and other people. So I believe we share that. And that is very important that we get beyond ourselves and we get before our limitations and the walls that we've created have been created for us and get beyond. That's where the empathy, that's where the love comes in, and that's where change comes in. So I just wanted to share that, Tony, that yeah. you did use your degree. Good <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um you know, one thing, Rachel, I have a feeling this is the first of many conversations mm, um, that we're going to have. The, t- the name of our show is actually First of Many, first too, of so many. it just fits. <laughs> you know, to, to sort of, I know the time is coming to a, an end soon, Ow. but the, you know, just reflecting on impact and what people can do that are listening, that, you know, we had on our show recently Dr. Miriam, who is the CEO of Paul Newman's own mm-hmm. foundation. Mm-hmm. And what a great organization, right? That's a for-profit, you know, Paul Newman's own is a for-profit company. And most of the younger generation may not even know, um, but 100% of the profits of his salad dressings, his pasta sauce, all, you know, it's grown. They've given over $600 million mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. charities. And so the foundation is 100% funded by the profits of the for-profit. And he was a pioneer. I mean, she, you know, he was probably one of the first organizations to sort of blend those two worlds. But she was saying, she shared with us, for example, the power of buying Paul Newman's products, you know, in their bar none, great flavors. I actually went home that very same day, mm. opened up my, where I was making pasta for the kids and there's Paul Newman's own. I was like, I didn't even realize we had this in the, in the cover. But that's power, right? So that's the younger generation. If they knew and will, when they know, and we're going to do our best to kind of uplift these stories, that's what GNN and what we're trying to do, is now you realize that, okay, I can make a difference. I may not have the $10 million, $100 million, whatever it is, but I can buy Paul Newman's own yes. products to know that it's fueling. And they have a whole new agenda, which is helping in, uh, the youth. And in specific, that's their agenda, which is, you know, in – the youth, whether it's, you know, food nourishment, um, I mean, impoverishment, all these things that they're focused on. Um, so it's great. And so what we want to do and commit to you as we begin this relationship and growing and what we're doing is really going to take this, you know, really amazing site that Jerry Weiss-Corbley founded in, Jer- in uh, GNN. Um, you know, we get you know, a couple million people go there a month, zero dollars on marketing. And what we want to do is completely just revamp and, and, and take it to the next level, the Web 2, the Web 3 experience and media. So I, I can just begin to just as we talked with Paul, uh, with Dr. Miriam about, you know, we have a vision of, of doing, you know, like CNN has the CNN heroes. We yes. want to do the GNN awards for people, products, yes. planets. Yes. We want to be this vehicle to go from, you know, three million uniques to 30 million or, or more because we have such a brand. If you Google good news, we're number one. We want to take advantage of this so that we can say to Nexus and Rachel, yes. okay, let's highlight some of the stories that, that are able to be told because the more it's, it's all storytelling. He's talking about 
you know, Plato's cave, that's storytelling. Mm -hmm. So how do mm -hmm. we use media, which is our expertise in, in storytelling on a brand that's been around for so long and connect the, the bridge. So I want to just offer it right here on this podcast. That that's my intention with you. Besides just highlighting this great conversation, I want to make the intention and then follow through with the right action, which is what we teach. I let the results be up to fate, however it may be. But I just want to work with you. I see the emotion pouring out oh, of yeah, you sharing yeah, yeah, that story in the Bahamas. Oh, we need it. to share these things that others can be influenced. And and sometimes, you know, certain certain people, let's say a philanthropist, maybe they're doing it because it's a tax write-off. Maybe they're doing it because of this. Maybe they're doing it because they want their name on the library. Whatever it is. Don't worry about that. At the end of the day, if we can just keep connecting and seeing the good in people as the results start piling in, then then that people's hearts can change. They can, as, as Dr. James Rouse told us, try to fall 12 inches from your head to your heart. heart. You know, most of us think up here. And, 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 and if you think with your heart, don't judge everyone that thinks in their head. You know, it's, it's this constant balance. But I just want to commit to you that let's just keep this dialogue going if you're interested so that we could just begin to figure out how do we could grow uh, the relationship between what we're doing and what you guys are doing. I love that. I mean, the world needs more people to collaborate. We're not going to be able to turn this giant ship around and head it in the direction of good on our own. So we need each other. And I would love to, to develop ways to highlight what you're doing and to have our members stories told. Um, awesome. And I think, you know, when, when people join Nexus, some of them are like 15, 16, 17, 18. They said, I don't deserve to be here. Mm. I'm not a decision maker. And we said, you're a decision maker about yes. all your decisions. Yes. And eventually you'll be positioned to make more important decisions. But let's fine tune your heart and your head now while mm. you're young. And the most important thing I tell people is don't ever let yourself not help for fear that that help you'll give will be too little mm. because then everybody's just holding back their help. Mm -hmm. But if we all just help, you know, this much, then the world would be fully healed. Yes. But most of us don't have billions to give, but most of us might catch ourselves thinking I'm not the best person to help at that. I don't have enough help to offer. So I probably shouldn't. But if we stop holding ourselves back from helping for fear that it's not going to make enough difference, then we are the problem. Mm. So we need to start helping today. And every cause you hear about, every person you meet, greet them with, how can I help? What's mm. your passion? Mm. How can I help? Mm. And that will just catch on. Well, that's it. Uh, you know, just to conclude, there's something that just happened in real time right before the show I wanted to share with you. Uh, a couple of days ago, um, we were at a meeting. I'm just saying this because it's I, I could cry probably thinking about it, but we're at a meeting. And there's a... Do you remember that song, Mr. Wendell? Mr. Wendell, yeah. <laughs> anyway, he was a um, you know a homeless guy that taught a lot of lessons, you know. Mm. And we're at this meeting, and this homeless guy comes in who mm. who is uh, a what uh, Tobias calls him, you know, such a wisdom, a wise man that always comes into sometimes we're in this this cafe, and he comes in, he's just talking, and and he and Tobias is giving his his respects to him, and he and he's looking for you know he needs a little bit of money. And I remember I had a little bit, and um, mm -hmm. but I remember at one point I wanted to give to someone, mm. but I got, I was like, wow, this is it, this is his. So I was able to do something, that and I I just felt good about it, uh, and I was like, wow, that that was his. Then just today, right now, Tobias tells me that he witnessed mm -hmm. this homeless guy so proudly take some of that money 
and peel it off to give to someone else. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And it was the person who I actually wanted to give the money to. And originally, <laughs> I can't make this story up. And I was so, because I only had one bill. I didn't have time to go break it. But just right now, real time, right before the show, uh, I found he witnessed it go to someone else. And, and, and now to your point, you never know. Don't hold back. You never know. Like, oh, I can't give to both, so I'm not going to give to either one. Mm. I, that's how I almost felt. I was embarrassed to give to one because the other one was there. Mm. And yet God just showed me, man, you know, you made your intentions, the actions, and then it happened. So, you know, just, I, I just want to share a real story in real time to, 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 to share what you just said in, in, in reality. So, Rachel, thank you so much for this. We appreciate it. And, mm-hmm. is, you know, can you share with our audience where we can find where they can follow you, Nexus Global, if there's someone listening that wants to participate, Amen. become a member, or how to support. Oh, thank you for that generosity. So um, our website's nexusglobal.org, and on social media, we're at the Nexus Summit, and you can follow our hashtag, we are Nexus, and, and I can be found anywhere at, at Rachel Gerald, <laughs> very simply. I'm the only one on earth right now, Amazing. so there you go. Amazing. Rachel, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. Thank you. Don't forget to check out new episodes every Monday. We're super excited about this. I'm Rachel Gerald. I'm Tony Samadani. I'm Tobias Tubbs. And we are Living Good Currency.